Welcome back to the Not Your Average podcast. So, thank you for bearing with me while I went on a little break. Life gets busy sometimes, but I am floored by the response to the last episode about how to deal with toxicity effectively. And I really believe that we are in very tumultuous times, especially relationally. We're seeing a lot of us versus them rhetoric over the past couple of years. And you would have thought that some of the difficult circumstances that everyone has experienced would bring people together. But I personally feel what's going on is so much bigger than what we see. Um, So it's important to sort of keep that perspective and, and not necessarily personalize things. But the reality is that unfortunately that is something that we'll have to deal with. And speaking of that, since that episode dropped, um, episode eight, today is episode nine, I received, or as many have with any kind of access to media, just an awareness of a story involving a young lady called Shanquella Robinson, I believe. Apologies if I've um, mispronounced her first name, but I usually don't comment on specific people or, you know, specific things because I don't necessarily think that that can always be useful unless it's, I think, a learning lesson or something that we can definitely take from. But the story of that and having just done um, a podcast about dealing with um, situations and individuals who don't mean you well um, really just floored me and I tend to I'm quite an intuitive person and so I really think that when you're following your gut instinct in fact the last episode wasn't necessarily planned it was definitely something that I did out of gut instinct and I really be- I really hope that even if it's just one or two people that it helps you streamline your life so that you don't um, sort of find yourself in similar situations as unfortunately Shankwala did. And so if you don't know the story, I would encourage you to sort of do the research yourself because it's so sad to sort of spend your time and efforts around people who may be envious or jealous or are really have nothing to lose effectively or who even if they do have things to lose they their hatred or their insecurity or their feelings of inadequacy or their resentment that it's you who's sort of moving ahead in life um, as they wish for themselves that overpowers their need to sort of not do anything heinous or malicious and so I really would encourage you uh, man or woman to always evaluate your circle. It doesn't matter how long you've known someone, it doesn't matter what, what they've did for you in the past, it doesn't matter. You need to ensure that you are around individuals who are generally happy for other people and individuals who want to see others thrive. And so I'll leave you with that. So if you want to find out more about how to deal with toxicity effectively, then obviously I will recommend you to go and see the, listen to, should I say, the last episode, but uh, rest in peace to Shankwella Robinson. That story touched me quite personally just because of the unfortunate circumstances. And I just wanted to use it as a teaching lesson because now we're in times that life is getting, it can be so many different ways for so many different people. And so one of the things 
that I wanted to talk about and that I've been sort of touching upon in previous episodes and will be the subject of today's episode is how to develop a healthy self-concept because this is actually foundational to ensuring that you can deal with situations and other people effectively. So what is self-concept? It's pretty self-explanatory, but self-concept is how you view yourself, how you view your position and your value in certain circumstances, relationships, environment, and also how that a concept of oneself, whether it's your ideal self or whether it's your current self, how that means that you then respond or act or don't act. Sometimes you can procrastinate because your self-concept will always be what you come down to. So just like in a group situation, I remember doing a leadership course once and the person said, you, the group will always fall to the lowest common denominator in terms of effort and sort of productivity and success. It's the person who's doing the least who's really determined the success of the group. So you always fall to that standard and so self-concept is a standard that you view yourself and this can be shaped by many things it can be obviously shaped by your childhood by things that happened in your childhood your adulthood friendships relationships work situations as well as recreational things so it can be you know defined by whether you moved a lot when you were younger or whether you um, were able to develop the social skills to be able to navigate those different situations. It can be impacted by health concerns or health issues, whether it's yours or somebody else's. So there are a multitude of things that can affect your self-concept. And one thing I always remind us of is that what other people do is always 95% out of their subconscious. But also, this is not, by the way, to absolve anybody of um, sort of accountability, but it's just also to learn that a lot of people are acting out of their wounded. And so it's everyone's responsibility to heal oneself and to also practice because a lot of this is practical. And I know it can be tough. I know it takes a lot of intentionality and concentration and reminding, but that's the kind of work that I believe is worth the hard work. There are many things I believe that you can work smart in, but with your self-concept, putting in the hard work of being intentional, of thinking very clearly about who you want to be, who you are right now, and the steps you need to take to get there is definitely worth the hard work because I personally believe that we are co-creators with God in terms of how our life is, how our life turns out. And so as a man or woman thinks he or she is, so you will be. So your self-concept is really just about how to how you view yourself in life. And so number one, my first tip is always be the one holding the pen. Yes, be the one holding the pen. Your self-concept is just that, yours. Not other people's, not your family, not your friends, not your significant other, not anybody else's concept because in all of those sort of scenarios or even especially at work because we are very much driven in a world that's now putting a magnifying glass on status and appearances and prestige but it's so much better to have the substance than just the sort of aesthetics of that so what I mean by 
holding the pen is that all those people groups, whilst they are important, you still need to be yourself within those situations. And you still need to know yourself. You need to know your standards, you need to know your boundaries, you need to know what the purpose of that relationship is. Yes, even family, even um, especially friendships, because those are people that you choose to have in your life. Um, and as well as whoever you end up being your spouse. And so I think it's important to understand, first of all, there are so many things that you have control over, even though there are a lot of things you may not have control over. And one of those things is forming a self-concept that is true to you, ensuring that nobody else is, you know, holding the pen to the story of your life. And so how can you do that? I would say practically sit down and ask yourself, what are my core values? Pick four things. What are the things that I like? What are the things that I don't like in terms of um, environments, in terms of uh, people, in terms of health, finances? What are the things that matter to you? And then what are the things that you don't enjoy? The things that you have learned from? Because this exercise helps you learn from previous situations, which is where wisdom comes in. Because you can read all the self-help books, you can you know, go to all the seminars. But what's really important is that you implement this. And so looking back, change something. Don't just be somebody who sort of does the same behavior expecting a different result because it doesn't quite work like that. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do is develop a self-concept that's based on your values, based on your likes and dislikes, based on the learnings from your previous situations. And then also write down how you responded to each situation and then how you would have liked to respond or how you would have hoped to respond. And you can do that obviously retrospectively because we all grow, hopefully, well, I say we all, but you know, it's a choice. We all have more wisdom as we go through life. And so when you are writing how you would have wanted to respond, that's you developing your self-concept. That's you deciding this is who I am. This is what I define myself as. These are my values. So I live by them. So in doing so, you get clarity. It, it makes life a lot simpler. A lot of people feel like having standards and boundaries can restrict you, but actually it brings a huge amount of freedom and it brings a freedom to be yourself because ultimately there are people who are waiting for you to show the parts of yourself that you don't think are worthy right now we live in a world that celebrates callousness and coldness and just being you know as i as hinted in the previous episode people who are competitive competitive comparative who are not happy for others and so to be the opposite of that uh, and i remember who was it with I was listening to something the other day and it was Gary Vaynerchuk, that's it. He was saying that people perceive kindness in the world as weak, but his kindness is based on who he is, not what the other person will do, not who the other person is or their response. It's based on who he is, so he gets to decide. So that's a self-concept where you take autonomy over your choices because you do, if you're an adult listening to this, we have quite a lot of control as to what we do, where we go, how we spend our time. And the standards aren't just in relation to how you relate to other people, it's also how you relate to yourself. Your self-concept isn't just, again, how you interact with the world extrinsically, it's about how you feel about yourself intrinsically. 
So what are the things that bring you joy? What are the things that spark your creativity, that spark that sense of curiosity, that spark that sense of confidence in you? Because we often don't pay attention to that. I always say our brain is designed to keep us safe rather than healthy. And so developing a self-concept through doing an exercise where you look at actually what does make you happy, you focus on the things that do bring you joy or confidence or a sense of competence and a sense of significance and a sense of purpose, that is much more fruitful than looking to other people to sort of tell you what you're good at or what you're not good at or what they like about you because it's all subjective. Every person relates to you from a different vantage point and every person benefits from being around you for different reasons. So that's why you have to hold the pen to your self-concept. This leads me on to number two. What would the ideal you or the person who you are working towards becoming not to do? So we often have this question asked, framed in the opposite way. So what would your ideal self do? Well, we've done that in that previous exercise where I said, you know, if you could look back, how would you have wanted that? But taking the upper level, this helps you prepare. I always say, you know, get ready so you stay ready so you don't have to get ready when you find yourself in a situation or when you have to have boundaries with yourself. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, boundaries are also with yourself and your self-concept is also about the promises that you keep to yourself, the, the ability to build confidence and a sense of trust with yourself. And so what would your ideal you not do? How do they not behave? How do they not carry themselves? So for example, if you're a people pleaser, practicing thanks, but no thanks. You don't need to go through an explanation or to sort of justify everything. You need to be able to sort of stand in what we call your frame, your um, knowing of who you are and what your decision is. Holding your frame is just holding your decision. And that doesn't mean that you have to be cold and callous. It just means that you have healthy boundaries. You just don't feel the need to cater to every whim that comes your way. But at the same time, you also don't feel the need to sort of feel bad for having any needs and wants. So that's also why asking yourself what um, the ideal person, ideal person or the ideal you doesn't do because I have to say that a lot of people, especially women because we're socialized this way, are very much sort of people pleasers and we tiptoe around things and so that's when people when they haven't learned how to communicate directly is that they tiptoe and then they have a sense of passive aggressiveness. That's where the indirect communication or the silent treatment comes in, which are all unhealthy ways to communicate. But if you learn how to hold your frame, if you learn to say, you know what, my ideal self wouldn't be making excuses for this person or my ideal self wouldn't be, you know, skipping a workout or my ideal self wouldn't be, you know, giving someone the benefit of the doubt when I know my gut instinct is telling me that they really only like me when I'm at this level. So again, ask yourself, you know, what are the situations that you wouldn't put yourself in? What are the people that you wouldn't relate to? Yes, I really believe in treating everyone with a sense of high value because we all have intrinsic value, but not everyone is of high quality. And so we all have to learn to build ourselves internally, which is why I focus on self-concept this week, to a place where you are happy with your self-concept, your self-concept, 
you understand your self-concept you are the creator of your self-concept so that you can rightly evaluate and discern situations and whether these are things that are taking your life forward or not and my last point about creating a healthy self-concept is have patience <laughs> so yes you might be like wow Catherine that's really great thanks for the groundbreaking tip but as with most changes patience is a virtue and patience is something that will help you sort of move forward where you are battling those thoughts that aren't necessarily your own but are the result of you creating those heavily sort of embedded neuro pathways in your brain because you've always thought one way or you've always acted one way and i think that it's important to have patience with yourself to have self compassion and to understand that you changing is not you being flaky it's not you deciding to act brand new as some people would call it it's just you elevating and growing as an individual so be unapologetic about it that's, that's another part of having patience have patience and understand that there will be some wins as a result of these changes as a result of you elevating your self concept but there'll also be some changes that you may not want but that's part of having and that's part of growth it's not necessarily completely linear so have patience with yourself make sure that you either journal or sort of record out those thoughts to sort of sort of identify the points at which you feel discomfort because that's usually when you're growing at the points when you feel a little bit hmm not sure what's going on here well that's your cue to take note pay attention and so all of this to say when developing self concept it's not about being perfect so when you have high standards and you're improving your life people will often come to you and tell you oh my god you're such a perfectionist again that's usually them speaking out of their sense of inadequacy so they're projecting onto you and i always say well thank you for noticing my hard work because honestly if you are the person who wants a high quality life and that means a life that is filled with peace that's filled with purpose that's filled with things that ignite your soul that things that help others things that mean that you don't have to everything is not a struggle when you are living that purposeful life you're not going to have you know everyone rolling out the red carpet uh, sort of relationally so to speak metaphorically because not everyone is willing to put in the work and that's not to discourage you that's also not to cause you to be sort of haughty or arrogant when it comes to this work it's actually to cause you to take stock and to be so laser focused about the lane that you are in and to help you develop that self concept because there will be media as i said there'll be your own personal relationships there'll be your work situation or if you're employed your business situation your um romantic situation all of these can have an impact and also what all these things have in common is that they're all subject to change so you have to develop a self concept that is really solid so i hope this helped you um as i always say these episodes are just as much for me as they are for you but i'm excited to continue on season 6 and with developing a self concept understand that whilst this may take time it's always worth it 
And do you have to keep in mind the quality of life and the standard of life mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, relationally that you want and also a life that is a positive impact on others. So as ever, I hope that helped you. Thank you so much for listening. Share this with those in your world who could use a little bit of encouragement, but also a few practical steps to understand what self-concept is. And I'll see you as ever on the next episode. Bye.